start here, part one. For years, I wanted to understand how to have a faith that actually helped me in real day-to-day -day life. What I discovered through a lot of trial and error has become the Phil's Daily Quiet Time Method, which simply is the outline I use to create each day's post. What I hope to explain through this series is why each component is so important and how I've discovered to best use each one so that you can decide what works best for you. In today's post, I'll share how I came to understand just how important a relationship with God actually is. Why have a quiet time? Why deepen your faith? Since childhood, all I ever wanted to be was a wife and mommy. Throughout my first pregnancy, I tried to imagine what those first few moments would be like as this teeny baby was placed in my arms for the first time. The pictures would be beautiful. The moment would freeze in time. The night my water broke, I was having one of those vivid pregnancy dreams. My grandparents, who had passed away, and Jimmy's grandparents, whom I never had the honor of meeting, all came to me in a dream and said, it's going to be okay. As I woke from the dream, I discovered my water had broken and the long-awaited day to meet my very first baby was finally here. I'll spare you the details, but sadly, those precious first few moments with my son were brief, and in the NICU, hours after he was born. Thankfully, four days later, we were both discharged to head home and begin to bond as a family. To many, myself included, his birth story was disappointing, extremely dangerous and scary in the moment, but with the threat now gone, it was certainly not tragic or horrifying. However, with a faith that was shallow at best, I grew more and more angry at myself for not being able to just get over it as my depression deepened. And when JB was eight weeks old, I had had it with myself, with God, with life. I didn't realize it, but standing in our bedroom, I had started to pray for the first time. Honestly, it was more grumbling and complaining in my head that kind of turned into prayers when I finally let it all out. I yelled at God in my head, you promised, you promised me that everything was going to be okay. You sent my grandparents to tell me it was going to be okay, and then you broke your promise. It wasn't okay. And then, hand on a Bible, I heard God say, Christine, it's okay to be sad and angry, but just remember, I saved you and JB. Everything is okay now. Through his mysterious ways, God had been trying to comfort my heart from the very beginning before anything scary even happened. But my faith just wasn't strong enough to notice. Could God be talking to you, showering you with the peace and all the answers you're seeking, but your faith, like mine, doesn't have a strong enough connection to notice? Fast forward four years later, Jimmy and I decided that we were finally ready to go through pregnancy and birth again and have our second child. Through the help of some intensive therapy, counseling, and crazy enough, a call to work in ministry full-time, I thought my faith was much stronger now, but I soon discovered it was not yet unshakable. A few weeks before baby Clay was supposed to arrive, my heart started racing and I had intensely scary shortness of breath. 
After multiple nurse calls and a trip to the ER, we discovered I had a pulmonary embolism. A blood clot had shot up to my lungs. Here I was, working on trusting God to see me through yet another birth, and I throw a freaking pulmonary embolism? As we waited for the Lovenox injections to clear the clot enough to safely have a C-section to deliver clay, I drove around to try to just clear my head while every single fiber in my being didn't want to, I decided to pray. I was ticked. So I yelled again, you promised this was supposed to be different. And now, now I could die. I can't leave my husband and my child. You better get me through this. And angrily, I turned the radio to a Christian music station as the song, Oh My Soul, came on. The words instantly brought me to tears. Oh my soul, you are not alone. There's a place where fear has to face the God you know. One more day, he will make a way. Let him show you how you can lay this down. I'm not strong enough. I can't take any more, and my shipwrecked faith will never get me to shore. Can he find me here? Can he keep me from going under? I was a ministry leader, questioning the existence of a God who could potentially take me and my unborn baby away from my husband and four-year-old son. As Jesus comforted my heart and let me know it was okay, that he had me. I didn't hear anything this time, just a sense of overwhelming peace as tears began to stream down my face and I physically reached my hand to the passenger seat in my car to grab hold of Jesus's hand. Friends, he was so real to me in that moment that I actually reached out for him. It was then and there that I knew I needed him more than the air I was struggling to breathe as he helped me through the scariest time in my life in such a real way, despite my anger and questions and doubt. I decided I just had to devote the rest of my life to helping other people find him too. Because life is hard, not just on the days that you find a pulmonary embolism, but on Tuesday as you start crying over your stove, exhausted and spent, and you're not even sure what from. I found an intimate, real, life-changing relationship with Jesus on Beatty's Ford Road that day and have since vowed to help you discover him in your real life, too. The Steam. You'll soon discover this is the section of our daily post where we take what God's placed on our hearts and figure out how to apply it to our real lives today. Faith is a journey. We don't arrive until we make it to heaven. So regardless of what church someone goes to or what their attendance record is, everyone is on a journey with Jesus. This means that no one has a better faith than anyone else. It simply means that sometimes we feel really connected with him and then other times we don't. Today, I encourage you to spend some time thinking, journaling, praying, or talking with someone you trust about where your faith is right now. Because the thing is, we can't really move forward if we aren't honestly assessing where we are right now. So how could you describe 
your faith life currently? And then where would you like to see it grow?